Welcome to Hear Her Sports. This is episode 16, and I'm Elizabeth Emery. A couple of weeks ago, I was lucky enough to talk to Maddie Wanamaker while she was training at the U23 selection camps in Princeton, New Jersey. She did end up making the team for the World Championships and is now in Bulgaria where racing starts on July 19th. As far as high-level competition goes, Maddie is relatively new to rowing. She just graduated from the University of Wisconsin and had started rowing as a freshman walk-on. But she knew right away she had found her sport, quoting from her blog, I immediately knew I found my people when I walked into Wisconsin's Porter Boathouse for the first time. Here were some unapologetically tall women who were buff and laughed a lot. I really love that quote. It's so important to find one's people. And we did talk about that. We talked about team dynamics in rowing, why rowing is hard, and what's next for her after the World Championships. For links to her blog and to the racing in Bulgaria, go to the episode notes page of hearhersports.com. Also, every other week I send out a email with a couple of things I've discovered while researching for guests, usually a short video and an article I particularly liked. It's been really fun putting it together and finding good stuff to share with you guys. Sign up at hearhersports.com. Before we get started, a quick reminder to order your Allie's bars using the promo code HEARHER to get 50% off and free shipping. I really wish I could give you a taste over the podcast because they're really tasty. Find more information at hearhersports.com and go to Allie's Bar to order. A-L-L-Y-S-B-A-R.com. As usual, I started by asking Maddie to introduce herself and what she's been doing lately. Here's Maddie. I'm Maddie Wanamaker. I... Just graduated from University of Wisconsin-Madison. Um, I have been rowing for four years. I walked out in college, and right now I'm at under-23 selection camp for the U.S. national team. Um, so they invited about 30 girls from across the country um, based on performance in like physical tests and height and how your team does throughout the season. And we're all competing to get spots in boats that will go race at the World Championships at the end of July. So how many girls get selected? I think we had 30 maybe total. Oh, okay. And then how many go on to Worlds? Um, We'll have a pair, which is two people, the eight, and then a four. Also a quad but there's two types of rowing. So there's sculling and sweeping. So that's a different like boat class. And which are you looking to get into? Um, I'm looking to get into the eight. Why don't you give a like really brief description of what the difference between sculling and sweeping is? Um, sweeping is what we do in college. So it's the big boats. And you have one oar, so everyone, you're either a port or a starboard, and everyone has their own oar, and you go out to the different sides. And then in sculling, everyone has two oars, so you can have like a single and rope by yourself, or a double with two people, or a quad, and that's as big as the sculling boats get. I want to get back to camp, but first, what do you like about being athletic? Um, I like being tall and feeling powerful. And knowing that I can do anything that I want and I won't be limited at all. Do you cook and what's your favorite thing to cook? Ooh, I, being in college and rowing, it's kind of a balance between like how much food can I eat and how little can I spend and how few dishes can I make dirty. So my favorite dinner is 
beans and rice with cheese, um, roasted peppers, uh, tomatoes, and then sometimes avocado if I'm feeling crazy. But that's my staple. It's like three <laughs> nights a week. It's beans and rice, but that's good. And are you are you cooking in college? I thought you would. I sort of imagined you going to a big mess hall with with all the other athletes. Um, we get. Um, Wisconsin just added free breakfast. So we get breakfast in the morning, which is really, really nice. Like after your morning row or practice, you can just go get free breakfast, but you're on your own for the rest of the meals. Cause we live in apartments after our freshman year at Wisconsin. So, and, and what about at the selection camp? What are you doing about food for there? Oh, we, um, everyone lives with host families. So oh, yeah, that's, that's nice. Yeah. It's a really cool, the Princeton community. It's just like last year, I just literally a friend of a friend knew this family. So I just like showed up at a stranger's house and was like, hi, we've talked on the phone, but I'm Maddie. Like, I hope I can stay in your house. But yeah. Do they know what they're getting into in terms of how much food you eat and all that? Um, I buy most of my own food, but it's definitely, they had a rower, um, the year before me. So they like kind of knew what to expect coming in, but it's definitely different. They've absorbed a lot. Um, they're so nice. I got really, really lucky with my host family, but I don't know if they knew what they were getting into. Uh, so let's get back to, to the camp. Um, what have your days been like there? Um, generally we, the senior national team, so the group of women that goes to the Olympics, they have the priority water. Um, so they go at like 6 a.m. or 7 when the water is best. So we've been able to have like a nice sleep in. So we get to the course at like 7.30 or 8 and then do a row until like maybe 10. And then we have like a little 20, 30 minute break and we'll go back out and row again. And then we're done around noon. And then you come back home, shower, eat your lunch, take a nap, and then either go back to the indoor workout facility and do some like mobility and cardio training. And then some days we go back to the course and um, row. So it's pretty much just like sleep, eat, row, eat, sleep. It's like a 12-hour cycle of eat, sleep, row, but (laughs) it's fun. yeah. And it, it must be fun to be around all those other other women. Yeah, I think that's actually my favorite part of camp. It's just you, especially at Wisconsin, it's such like an island of rowing. There really aren't any other rowing teams. And you just kind of feel a little bit crazy when everyone around you is like doing normal college kid things. And you're just like, well, I've got to go for a run. Like, got to go to practice. Like, got to go to lift. Um, and it's just like, it's so fun to be like, with all the top women in the country and you're just like, you're pushing each other, but like, you know, everyone is the same amount as like of crazy as you are. So that's really cool. Is it at all stressful because there are only, you know, a few of the selected spots? It's a really weird, like dichotomy. Like half of it is like how well you row with other people. So you are trying to beat the people you're rowing with, but you also need them to row well because their success is your success for that day when you're in a boat together. So it's kind of like, it's definitely different. People handle stress in different ways. um, And I think it can be a lot more stressful than others, but 
don't know, you find a good like camaraderie with people, even if you know that you're trying to beat them. But it's, you know, rowing is especially, you know, particularly the eight, it's such the epitome of a of a team sport. I mean, you're not leaving the dock unless everyone is there, for example. Oh, yeah. Do, Do you like that part of the sport? I think that's what's kind of kept me around for so long. I was, I did like running and soccer in high school, but the fact that you're just like, it's so sink or swim together. You're tied to your team. Um, and I think like when I was a runner, I liked doing the relays because I knew that like people were counting on me to get going. And if I didn't do well, like my failure was their failure. So I really like being in a boat with everyone because you're not alone. Like you're so supported. You have your people in front of you, behind you, and you know, they're pulling for you and you're pulling for them. So it's, I think it's a lot of fun. I like and how, with everyone. And how, how have the coaches that you've had, how are they managing team dynamics? So, I mean, all teams can sort of go astray sometimes. So how are your coaches managing that? Um, I think it's less the coaches and team dynamic and more, in my experience on the college team, um, more, it's kind of the upperclassmen who manages the team dynamic because it comes from like top down. Like you set an example as a leader and then the underclassmen are going to look to you and follow that. Um, and even if the team culture, which is like, we throw around like team culture and like cultural improvement a lot. Um, but if the team culture isn't the best, there's not much the coaches can do to change it just because they aren't in the boat with you. So I don't know, kind of a, not a very satisfying answer, but. And, and so then since you just graduated, you must've been on the, you were the upperclassmen. So how were you, did you feel like you had to ever step in for situations? Yeah, we, I think our class is pretty unique because our sophomore year, there was a really, really large group of seniors and they were like, they were kind of mean girls. I don't know. It was like me and my friends, when we would row with them, it was almost like, I don't know, there are a couple of them that were awesome and set a good example. But I think our experience kind of being like, flattened down by the upperclassmen almost and like I felt like I couldn't be myself um I think we kind of decided like let's not do that again like I don't want the underclassmen to feel like we did so I think just like incorporating people more and making an effort to like reach out and if you see that someone's having a hard time you kind of take them aside or like take them out to coffee or just kind of like assure them that like Rowing is hard, and if you're having a hard time, it's normal. Yeah, it's all about the top down and like setting a good example and like doing what you expect other people to do as well. And now that you're at camp, you're not the top dog anymore. So, uh, who are you looking up to? Um, I'm it's weird because I'm one of the older people too, and even though I'm like the oldest, the people who are younger than me have in most cases been rowing longer than I have. But it's just crazy because I'll look up to a lot of the teams that like I raced and like beat my team. So I think it's really cool being able to like our coach showed us video of, for example, how the Cal eight rows and they were national champions last year. And like they have a specific growing style 
And so they, um, our coach was trying to get us to emulate them. And then I got to row behind one of the girls from Cal who was in that boat. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like, I understand what our coach is trying to get you to do or get us to do. Um, so I think just like respecting everyone. The Washington girls are awesome. They won everything this year. Um, so I've been privileged to row with them. But it's great to row with everyone overall. Yeah. And how, how does the coach match all the different styles that you guys have coming from different programs? The first week or two, we kind of spent like just getting everyone on the same page. And our coach kind of emphasized that coaches, all the coaches at different schools, they're going to teach differently. So like, even though she was correcting someone for something, it's not that that was wrong. It's just not what we do. So it was a lot of kind of like testing out, trying new things. And I think that's the biggest thing at camp, especially it's, you just can't get set in your ways. Like if you can't adapt and you can't match quickly and you can't like compromise what you do to make it like the boat go better, you're going to be like dead in the water. So I just think like the coach kind of pounding into us, what you do comes second to how the boat goes is what happens. Right. It, again, that goes back to how important it is, the team dynamics of the of the boat. I always found that very fascinating. Mm-hmm. And so how are selections being made? It's a lot of kind of looking at how people match at like steady state rates. So when you go slower um, and then in the past week or so, two weeks, we've been doing a lot of seat racing. So they'll set like two fours. Um, or like four fours across and then you just all start at the same time and you race and then you look at like how far ahead one boat was the other in the time and stuff and then you switch like two people or one person from one boat to the other and then you would again look at like did this person make this boat go faster then like it's just kind of comparing but it's not like an exact science because Sometimes like the wind can change or like something could happen on one piece or like someone who is a constant in a boat could do something differently. Um, But it's just kind of comparing, going back, testing lineups that worked, um, seeing like if two people row together, like maybe they can put two other people who rode together and combine. Um, But it's just a lot of testing almost. There's like not really an exact science to it. Right. Right. And and what happens once the selections have been made? Will you guys stay there? Yeah, we're, um, we'll just stay at Princeton or Mercer Lake is where we're rowing and row our lineup as much as we can. And then in the middle of July, we'll head out to Bulgaria. And how long will you be in Bulgaria? Um, I think a week. Racing is like four or five days between like heats, reps, semifinals, and finals. Um, So we'll go there probably earlier to adjust to the time change and stuff. But I think all the logistics will be finalized when the boat is ready. So not totally sure. Right, right. I read an article that was written last year, almost a year ago, about you. And 
at that point, you said that you wanted to move on. You were, were not interested in international competition, and you wanted to focus on coaching. And then I read another article that was more, much more recently written, and it says that you're going to continue with international competition, and you're going to be in an elite uh, training center. So what's the reason for the change? What are your next steps and some goals for the next few years? At the end of last summer, we, uh, the training camp, because of the Olympics, they couldn't put the world's under 23 rowing at the time that it normally is because the Olympics were happening. So we raced at the end of August, which meant we were here for the entire summer. So like we finished our national championships and like the next week I road tripped across the country and then I got home from the Netherlands and went right to Madison and started school like three days later. So there wasn't really any time to like decompress or like think about what had happened. And it was just, it was an exhausting summer. Like it's hard training and like it takes its toll. So I was just kind of like fed up with it all. And then it's really hard to come back to like rowing with the best people in the country and coming back to my team. And even though like, I love everyone on my team. They're awesome. It's just like hard to adjust when you have been rowing for like seven hours a day, not seven hours, but like you're spending all of your time rowing. And then people who like had internships or like weren't working out as much, it's just hard to like be there and see like, well, I was like killing myself all summer and now we're back and you barely did anything. And now like we need to like go like, I had such a sense of urgency, but it was so hard because I was tired and, oh, it was really crazy. Um, <laughs> well, that gets back to everybody is in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what, it's just really difficult. Right. Um, and it was hard because I was doing all this training and I was like, oh, I don't see any gains. Like, if I do this for another four years, like how much faster am I actually going to get? Am I going to be able to progress? Like am I be able to compete at this level? And then I was out at the end of the falls. So, like it was the day before the docks were supposed to come out for the, the winter to freeze. And I took out a single and I was just rowing out in my single and the water was perfectly flat, which never happens in Wisconsin. And the sun was setting and there were just like, it was a crazy sky. It was just like orange and pink and beautiful. And I was just like kind of rowing my boat. And I was like, I kind of love this. Like, I like kind of looked at my watch and I was like, well, it's November. Like I would have like my last opportunity to row in like five months. And I just couldn't like picture myself not rowing. And then I was like, you know what? I think that I maybe could keep doing this. And so I was in contact with Saratoga Rowing Association in upstate New York. And they were like my fallback. So if I didn't make the under 23 selection camp, because they don't tell you until like May. So my plan was if I didn't make it, I was going to go to Saratoga. And they had just started this program. It's like one year old as of like now. And they built boathouse it has like workouts equipment on the first floor and then on the top floor they have apartments so you can have elite rowers stay there and then you pay for like your room and board and your coaching fees and your boats and stuff 
um, by coaching their middle schoolers and they like kind of teach you how to like plan regattas and you just kind of learn as you go. So even though I want to be a rowing coach, it's kind of like an intermediate step. Like I can learn on the job, but I also can keep training and hopefully row the single or the double or a small boat for the U.S. in the future. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. Like I don't have to give up on rowing yet, but I can kind of like get my feet wet in coaching and know that like when I do decide to be done rowing, I'll have a good platform and I'll be a good hireable candidate for a school that would want me. So is that a year long program? Um, it's pretty much as long as I want it to be. Um, I could stay until Tokyo 2020. I could stay until 2024. It just like goes year round. So, and, and is there rowing on, on the lake? I assume it's a lake. So is is there rowing on the lake year round? They, they're called fish Creek where they row. Um, and they have, it freezes in the winter, but they're working on like an exchange program with athletes at Sarasota rowing, which is a big club in Florida. So the Florida athletes would come in the summer so they could get out of the Florida heat. And then we might go down there for some of the winter and train. But I know this year they took a training trip for a couple of weeks in Florida. So there's a little bit of like cross training in the winter, but I don't know. In Wisconsin, we our lake freezes from December to March. So that's something I'm used to. But Right. Well, that sounds like a great program. Yeah, I'm really excited. You want to be a coach. So do you have training philosophies or coaching philosophies? Um, I think now are the coach who's coaching under 23s right now. Megan Carcano um, was my coach sophomore year. Um, and before she went to be the head coach at Duke. And I think I've learned a lot from her. And I think a lot of her coaching philosophy is kind of like work hard and grind until like you just can't anymore. And just like always like be working as hard and giving it your all. And kind of like if you can focus and you can think you can do it, you can do it. Um, so that's kind of my loose coaching philosophy and just like, I've grown so much from being on a team and emphasizing like team and the ways outside of rowing that rowing can help you in terms of like resilience, time management, um, like planning teamwork. There's really like nothing else that could prepare you for real life and like working with other people more than rowing. So I think growing people and making rowers better people, tough people. I really liked your art versus rowing blog. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, To me, that's a really nice uh, coaching philosophy or, you know, sort of work ethic philosophy. Yeah, that was, oh, I was so happy to be able to take an art class that has been, I've been trying to take an art class all of college. Um, and I definitely thought about how much time I put into rowing. I was like, there is no reason that if I put as much time as I did rowing into anything, like I, I could do anything I wanted if I do it for 30 hours a week, you know? So what kind of program are you interested in, in coaching? Um, I would ultimately like to be at a D1 women's program that could definitely change a lot because right now, like what I know is D1 women's rowing. 
But I think the college level and where like women's sports is right now is so cool. And like everything that's happened with Title IX and I think the legacy that has become women's rowing is something that needs to be supported. And I just think that everything that I've gained from women's rowing and the experiences I've had, like I want to have like allow other women to do that, especially being a walk on too. Um, so that's where I want to be. And I love like, I would love to live in a college town and most um, of the programs with, or one of most of the cities with like good rowing programs are places I would like to live. So I love that you know about title nine. Oh yeah, totally. My, um, my mom wrote at Wisconsin in the eighties. And so she like knows a lot of like Carrie Graves is one of our like Wisconsin trendsetters. And like, they have the whole, the protests at Yale when they wouldn't give them their own locker rooms they like asked nicely and then finally um chris ernst and oh i'm blanking on some of their other names but they um were protesting not having a locker room so they walked into the administration and they like changed and they took their clothes off because they didn't have a locker room and that's what they wanted (laughs) and they had title nine written on their chest and they wrote chris ernst was an english major And she had a very eloquently put statement about, like, these are the bodies you're exploiting by not letting us or, like, giving us the things we deserve. Um, And then they got their locker room and didn't have to use the men's team's equipment. And they really kind of put in motion what women's sports has become. So I just, like, I don't know. I'm so proud to be a part of such a historic program and be carrying on the legacy and doing good things for Wisconsin women's rowing, but yeah. That's great. And I, I, I gather from your parents being in school in the ages that your mother is sort of a pre title nine kid. Yeah. She, um, she has like six siblings and like when I started playing high school sports and stuff, she was kind of kidding around about like, yeah, the only reason I played sports in high school was so like, I didn't have to, like, fight with my siblings for the shower. And I was like, oh, like, that's, like, something I never thought about. Yeah, but even, like, looking at coming home with some of the gear we have or, like, telling my parents about free breakfast or, like, saying things about how nice our boathouse is, they'll kind of flip back into, like, in my day, we got one sweatshirt <laughs> and we had to row in boats that were wooden and um, stuff like that, so... I definitely, definitely appreciate what I have. And do you think that your athletic life has affected the rest of your life and the way that you approach, I don't know, work and school and all that? Definitely. I think um, high school sports kind of were like the foundation for that. Our cross-country program was really competitive. So I kind of found myself having to like work really hard if I wanted to be like a contender. Um, And that like goes along with time management. And I just kind of think about people who haven't done sports and they, it just seems so like, Oh, this is so hard. And I'll like talk about how hard this is for me. But at the end of the day, they don't really do much to try and change their situation. And I think like in rowing, especially like 
I'll think about like the miserable rows where like nothing's going well and it's freezing cold and you're getting wet and whatever. And it's just like, if you complain about it and you complain about the situation or the circumstances, like you're just going to be miserable. Um, and so I think rowing has really helped me kind of be able to look at any situation be like, you know, this could be worse, but like, we're just going to do it because we have to. And if it turns out awesome, that's great. And if it doesn't, that's great too. Yeah. I also like with athletics that, you know, I, I became very much aware of how hard it was to get good at something, you know, yeah. it doesn't happen overnight and it takes a lot of work. Oh my God. Totally. 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 I think with rowing too, I, I hadn't rowed before college and a lot of girls had, and it, it was really frustrating because like, I was so used to being like naturally talented, like, and I kind of walked in and all of a sudden all of these girls were so much faster than I was. And it was so frustrating because I was like, it just took so long to catch up. Um, yeah. What, what made it so, what made it so hard? What, why is rowing so hard? Um, I think what was frustrating for me is if you pull harder, you're not necessarily going to go faster. It's you have to find the technique and like the technical aspect of like balancing and keeping your body like still and putting no motion that isn't going to make move your boat forward. Um, and like in soccer, you throw your body around, like you hit other people, like any, like the, um, the ends justify the means, like running, you can look however you want you and you run. It's just like, how gutsy are you? And in rowing, like you need to be gutsy, but if you're throwing your weight around, like you're going to detract from everything. Um, so it was frustrating that I could like have faster ergs than someone or, like run a lot faster than them, but they would still beat me in the boat because I just didn't know how to row. But <laughs> yeah. What, what was the hardest thing uh, to learn for you? I think the hardest thing is finding the boat feel because um, it's so foreign. Like, I don't know what a good boat feels like until you kind of like get in one and like a coach can explain to you what it's supposed to feel like and you can like watch videos of people rowing but until you're like doing it you like don't really get it it's almost magical yeah it's really crazy and even now I'm like I'll do something like oh like my shoulder hurts why does that hurt and they're like oh because you're supposed to be like pulling from your lats or using your body in some other way. Like there are so many ways you can row, but there are ways that are better than others, which is just kind of mind bending. Like you can row, like even Olympians still have things they're working on and can do better. It's just like, it's a never ending, like learning experience, I think. Yeah. All sports are like that though. There's like tiny little minute microcosmic things that you can change and make better. Yeah, I think swimming is one that I never really thought about, but like is like rowing too, because you're alone, but the technical aspect of like how you move through the water and like how you pull with your arms and how you kick with your legs, like 
you can make it so much better and like fitness makes a good swimmer but technique like it's also really important do you like competing um I didn't used to but I like to a lot more now um I think that in the past I was kind of like afraid of what was gonna happen it was like I was half-heartedly kind of be like, oh, I hope I win, but, like, I really don't want to lose. <laughs> um, and now I'm more like, yeah, let's go. Like, I know I can do this. I think it's just come from confidence. Right. And Do you guys get nervous? Oh, yeah. We, yeah. There's um, uh, one of the seniors my sophomore year who was in this national team eight um, in the past. She's one of the only other Wisconsin women to have like made the U23 team. She was stroking our boat and at the start line of the big 10 championships, I was in the bow. So I was like seven people away from her. I just see her like stick her head out of the side of the boat and throw up. And I was like, (laughs) all right, (laughs) she's ready. But Yeah, I don't think, like, rowing doesn't get easier. You just, like, get better at it. Like, I know, um, like, one of my teammates will, like, sing a Lady Gaga song to herself at the start. Um, Yeah, it's definitely nerve-wracking. Is is it good to have a whole boat of women nerve-wracked? I think in every boat there's, like, a couple people who are just, like, your rock, like, there's some people who are going to be like a nervous wreck, but there is always someone who's like, yeah, we got this. Like give you the fist bump, like slap you on the back a little bit um, and move on. And like, I tried really hard to be that person this year um, because my pair partner, who's a senior who just graduated, she was like, she sat behind me. She's like, yeah, Maddie, let's go. Um, so the Cox is always so, so important in that as well. Yeah, definitely. I think your coxswain, even though they aren't going to say like, all right, everyone calm down, like the way they say things and like their wording, like they have to be rock solid. Cause like I could think of instances where like you could tell the coxswain was like kind of stressed out and like was nervous for us or like didn't really know what was going to happen. And it like definitely threw off the race. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So once you finish competing, eventually, whenever that is, how do you imagine sports and athletics remaining in your life? Um, I think there's a race every year, the head of the Charles, um, and it's like a giant, giant race. And there are always um, master's events the day before the collegiate events. And the first year I went, I remember there was just like, must have been like a 90 year old man just like so weathered like rowing his like beautifully crafted wooden single I was like yeah I want to be like that like (laughs) I just want to be like still like be fit maybe like when I thought that I wasn't going to keep rowing I was telling my friends like yeah I'm just gonna like become that skeletal little marathon runner that's like bopping around um yeah, I'd like to run a marathon. I just, I think I want to stay fit for the rest of my life. Like, that's something I couldn't, like, I couldn't just, like, not work out now. But, and I think as a coach, too, you have to, like, set an example for what you want your athletes to do. Sure. So if you're kind of, like, 
sitting in the launch, like <laughs> eating Twinkies or something, your athletes are going to be like, why should I listen to you? Right. But yeah. Cool. And do you have any advice for young rowers or young girls that are athletic? I think the biggest thing is to not be swayed by what other people think and don't be like, oh, like you're a rower, like you're going to get so bulky or like you're like you're a rower, like you're going to be so like tough and you do all this stuff. And um, I don't think that like being powerful should like decrease from your femininity and you can be like happy no matter how you look and just appreciate the women who are around you and make friends with your teammates because there aren't bonds like that coming out of almost anything else, I think. Um, So just like use sports to find yourself, love yourself and like surround yourself with people who are going to make you better and push you to be better instead of dragging you down and making you feel less worthy. Negative comments like that seem so antiquated to me. Yeah. I mean, it seems 1950s. I'm sad that you're still hearing that kind of stuff. I don't think it's, um, I feel like it's kind of, I don't know. I, our, we have a lightweight program as well. So that's women who are under 130 pounds. And, um, I think our team kind of struggles less, but just like body image in, um, female athletes, I think it's a big topic. Um, even though we don't really like talk about it a lot, um, like in rowing, if you are, if you weigh less, like you're going to have less weight to move around in the boat. Um, and like rowing, you have like a big range of body sizes. Like you can be a very successful rower, um, and be what other people would like consider to be like bigger or, um, I don't know. So it just is kind of a range because you can be successful. Um, but other people are still going to be like, well, you're only like pulling big ergs because you weigh this much. And I think it's easy for like those girls to look at girls who are smaller and who are moving boats and like compare themselves. But it's just like, it's just different. And I think being rowers too, like we're just big people, um, like to begin with, like we're tall and it's just hard to not feel, um, just like giant when you're like walking around normal people. I don't know. There was a day when I was, um, in line at, uh, just like a restaurant waiting for my food. And there are like these girls who are just like, so petite and like so put together and I'm just like eating their salads and I just felt like such like an Amazon like disgusting coming from practice um yeah I don't know body image is hard and I think it's a problem that I think all female athletes face but you just kind of have to like come to terms with like performance based looks 
over like aesthetics. Oh, I totally agree. I, I'm a bike racer and I didn't bike ride until much later in life. And it wasn't until I started cycling that I was like, oh, that's what my big thighs are for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think too, like, it would be so hard to be like a gymnast or something like, oh, those girls, because you're judged being like based on how you look and, or diving too. Right. Like it's someone else's opinion of you versus what you're putting out. I think it's interesting that there are so many different body types. I mean, like you definitely found your sport because you're tall and you're in a tall person's sport. Oh my God, totally. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. It was a real pleasure to talk to you and I'm rooting for you to get onto the world championship team and good luck. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. It'd be a great help if you went to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and review the podcast. I'm looking to spread the word and allow more female athletes to find the podcast. Thanks again. See you in a couple weeks. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo Jo. Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network.